Welcome to FRT, the IS podcast at the intersection of finance, regulation, and technology. I'm Jessica Ernier, Managing Director of the Digital Finance Team here at the IS. Last year, I started the year by sharing a framework, the three I's, interests, institutions, and ideology. As I think about this framework, I take into consideration the interests of a country or a jurisdiction um, and the geopolitics that are created as a result of those interests, often economic interests that cause a country to make a set of decisions. Institutions being the, the structure or the framework, so perhaps the central bank and the independence of a central bank, the culture that exists within that central bank over time of either conservatism or being more proactive or, or open. Government itself is an institution, educational institutions, again, their history and their culture and how mature those are. And then ideology, typically a set of uh, beliefs or values and a view of the world um, or perhaps a role in the world that a nation may consider itself to have or, or view it to um, want to have and how how the economy and geopolitics should play out. I think that framework, those three eyes um, that were shared uh, with me or shared by a mentor with me a number of years ago, I think are, are very important in how we think about the environment. These are all aspects of the environment in which we're operating in financial services on a daily basis. And it's absolutely true that the environment shapes our priorities and thus the priorities of global standard centers and their work plans. So I'll share some thoughts from 2022 and looking to 2023, starting with major themes that I developed earlier in the year when asked a similar question about 2022. So one is just the theme of fragmentation, increasing march away from global cooperation toward protectionist uh, behaviors including data localization um, and other changes in uh, monetary flows. And the Russian invasion of Ukraine really only furthered this with the uh, following sanctions regime that was put in place. Second was strategic autonomy and technological, technological autonomy. So the desire for self-sufficiency and independence being primary drivers for decisions regarding the future of the financial system in a way um, not often seen, perhaps seen previously, but not um, so much in the last couple of decades. The third, a lot of discussions around the soul of money, a phrase that harkens back to a speech from the BIS earlier in 2022. And I'll broaden that out to really say what money will look like, right? Will it be central bank? money, commercial bank money, privately issued money, how will these types of money um, interoperate and uh, work together in a future potential financial system in, in, in the world? And how will that benefit different populations, um, different types of business, or will certain ones of them not continue and there will only be really a role for, for one fourth is a, a point of correction. In innovation, the natural flow of or curve of innovation often involves um, some amount of volatility um, as uh, innovators try new things 
and um, perhaps speculation uh, creeps into the market and you see a, a, an attempt to advance and then certainly some correction where certain companies or certain um, innovations need to be allowed to fail. Now, in 2022, I fully expected and was not at all surprised by a point of correction in the digital asset market and a number of institutions that failed. Uh, I think what we saw increasingly though, and, and certainly towards the end of the year, was beyond the point of correction, away from a speculative focus and into a longer term at real value to the long-term economy focus, um, we saw the presence of, of risk in any number of venues or, or channels that is risk that is well familiar to um, risk managers, to regulators, to traditional financial entities that have been operating in the space for a long time. So basic governance failures, basic types of risk management that were not being taken into account. Um, this is a bit beyond the point of correction, but certainly was a, a focus of last year um, and that we'll be seeing into the coming year. Um, finally, we have in the background uh, the G20, the passing of the G20 uh, presidency from Indonesia um, to India, the implications of the change in leadership within the G20 on cross-border payments, uh, policies, potentially data frameworks, and the, the general um, set of priorities all in the context of the potentially challenging geopolitics of the, um, of, of the aftermath of Russia's invasion in Ukraine. So closing out those themes that were discussed in 2022, we should look ahead to themes in 2023 and specifically focus in on digital finance questions. So as I mentioned, the environment shapes priorities and global standards setters work plans as a result. So 2023 begins amid a handful of different dynamics. Uh, one is certainly a rapidly evolving digital asset market. Two, is potential CBDCs that are under development, both retail and wholesale, which it must discuss um, in separate conversations that allow us to focus on what are the questions that we're really grappling with in retail CBDCs, some of which are far more fundamental than with wholesale CBDCs, and what are the other geopolitical dynamics that could come um, changes to flows and funds, um, changes to just ways in which various countries interact or you know, systems are interoperable. The third is really a drumbeat for greater consumer control of data. Again, the desire of the consumer to have more flexibility and ability to make their data portable from one place to another and that drumbeat and what it's driving um, from an open data construct, which is really where we need to get to. Um, rather than talking about open banking or open finance, get to that question of open data that is driven by this drumbeat of the consumer. The fourth being C-suite focus on guidance for the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning, which is increasingly 
um, a, a point of, of interest not only to the C-suite um, as well as uh, to consumers, to the general population that wants to know that their data is being um, used in and analyzed in a, a way in which the entity is really stewarding their data, um, not just making use of their data, but um, stewarding it, protecting it, but again, allowing them to move it or for it to be portable um, in an open data construct, but then allows the uh, financial institutions and other, and other institutions outside of the financial space to appropriately um, apply AI and machine learning um, to advance uh, you know, advance um, these services and benefits uh, that a consumer and businesses may derive from that information. And then fifth, a continued problematic march towards data localization um, that we've seen, which touches on the fragmentation uh, theme that I began with in 2022. Looking forward then in forecasting likely areas of focus for many in the financial industry next year. Again, certainly central bank digital currencies, and I think specifically the question of, are they fit for purpose? Um, and that purpose being, what are the explicit uh, policy objectives that have been identified uh, by any jurisdiction and how to ensure that a potential central bank digital currency, be it retail or be it wholesale, achieves the desired objectives as, as stated should they come to fruition. I think a, really a look to some, some of the decisions by major um, jurisdictions in the coming year, including the EU later in the fall of 2023. Also, some of the pilots that are now underway, um, both by the New York Fed, the completion of the Enbridge pilot, it's a, a wholesale pilot, between China, Hong Kong, Thailand, and the UAE. All of these are very interesting uh, points to, to keep watch of, and I think will we'll be a focus as we go forward. What can we learn from those pilots? And then what can we look to in the decisions of um, entities like the ECB uh, later in the year? Two, a focus on tokenization. And tokenization where it can really drive value in the economy, be it through um, making areas of the market that are less liquid today um, more liquid, um, or be it through actually facilitating a greater value that may be able to be derived from uh, decentralized finance. And specifically, when I say that, I mean activities that could be done potentially more efficiently in a more decentralized manner in which they are currently done. So that actually brings me to the third aspect, is really grappling with the meaning of what do we mean when we say decentralized finance. Of all of the conversations that I've had in 2022 around, uh, around DeFi, the one thing that is clear is that everyone has a different definition of what they believe DeFi is. That makes it very difficult to manage for risk or to think about how we store innovations that could be useful to the economy um, to a, a good, safe, and sound um, place in which they are additive um, and, and we can support those that are investing in and appropriately interacting with these types of technologies.
DeFi, I think the value in DeFi can be further facilitated potentially by tokenization first really advancing in this coming year. And I think what we'll see with a normalization after a lot of fiscal stimulus had been in the economy in the previous year, more normalized monetary policy, we should see a focus more towards activities that look like longer term value propositions to the economy and the assets that are associated with them than explicitly uh, more speculative types of activity that perhaps have driven a lot of the crypto market in the last couple of years. Next, the G20 roadmap for enhancing cross-border payments will certainly be a focus, looking at priorities for the next phases of work that will hopefully increasingly pair and involve cooperation between the public and the private sectors to, to make more tangible progress on the many building blocks, the 19 different building blocks that have since been, um, now been prioritized as of October into three main you know, focus areas. One, the payment system interoperability and extension. Interoperability being a you know, key component of any technology and improvements and advances in digital finance. Second, legal, regulatory, and supervisory frameworks. Third, cross-border data exchange and message standards. So we'll look for these three priority areas to really guide um, advances in, in the achievement of the roadmap and for the FSB and CPMI to continue doing really great work um, to steward this roadmap forward. Touching again on the theme of fragmentation, we get back to data, um, data management, uh, data localization, the ability of data to move freely across borders, which certainly is also an aspect of the G20 roadmap. But getting to this, I touch again on open data. Uh, we need to focus on an open data construct that allows us to get beyond questions of open banking, open finance, and instead get to open data. Again, to consider the consumer and the portability of their data as a whole and other industries across the economy beyond just the financial industry. So if we think about that full construct, um, we see you know, many different jurisdictions at different levels of maturity in, in thinking about those stages, reevaluating some just beginning with, uh, with regulations around open banking, some reevaluating regulations around open finance. And in 2023, we would look for advances into a larger open data construct. And finally, as discussed before, questions around ethical AI really being key. And in the big picture, where is home in this giant ecosystem of players? Um, it is clear that to participate in financial services means um, cooperation, competition, uh, partnership, many different aspects of a greater and growing set of institutions in the financial system that are participating in various um, types of technological advancement, um, transactional advancement, and ways in which 
a truly an ecosystem of actors allows the financial system to best serve uh, consumers and investors. And I think questions around where exactly are the roles and responsibilities of any given uh, participant in that ecosystem will be key next year, whether it be with respect to um, you know, digital identity and customer relationships, questions around the framework and the potential for future digital banking licenses or, or structures, just um, operating models, and other um, types of, again, open data sharing amongst those institutions. Closing out, looking at the coming year, as we think about digital finance, a few questions come into play that should apply across all technologies um, and, and how we use those technologies. One of the questions is, can you do something in a particular way? Another question is, should you do it in that particular way? And the final question is, how do you then do it in that particular way? So this could apply to artificial intelligence and, and you know, can you apply a, a particular algorithm um, should you do so? And then if you believe you should, how should you go about doing it? Um, this could also apply to ways in which we transfer or manage data in, in networks or in the cloud. This could apply to decentralized finance, right? Can you execute transactions that are, are well-known, um, more traditional transactions that you could execute in a different manner? Should you is a fully different question and then how do we go about doing so um, in order to create uh, markets and support a sustainable lower risk and uh, greater value to the economy with that i will wrap up with my thoughts for 2023 and going forward there's just so much going on in the digital finance space that we look forward to working on Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of FMT. We look forward to having you join us again in upcoming episodes. You can always check them out on the IF website as well at IF.com.